Perhaps the most controversial topic of discussion in our day revolves around truth. Opinions often blur the lines of an objective truth. Streaming platforms, social media, and other public forums allow individuals to project their truths upon the masses like never before. In the midst of woke, cancel culture, religious freedoms, political liberties, and social injustice, we attempt to search for and reveal the truth. This is Truth Revival. All right, all right. Well, welcome back to Truth Revival. This is Season 2, Episode 33. And and Paul, we talked about trying to get... You remember when we talked about trying to get whales on the show? Yeah. Well, today, you know, we've got a big whale in Teleco Plains. we got Brother Mickey Payne. (laughs) So, uh, how are you doing today? Speaking of whales, when you said that, I I, I never will forget it. My dad was at a revival. Uh, at Crossroads Tabernacle, Sister Gertie goes up there, and she's like 96 and still talking for the Lord, you know, and handling business. And she had this lady in there from North Carolina. I don't, she was like, she was a colored lady. She was like four foot two. And, man, she called me out. She said, do you want, you want more? And I was like, yeah, I do. And I was at a pivotal point in my life. This was about two or three years ago. And I said, yes, ma'am, I do. Listen, this is no joke. Sometimes in the Lord, you've literally got to act out what you want to happen. That lady brought me a plastic sand pail and a shovel like a kid would take to the beach. And she goes, start digging. Amen. Amen. (laughs) And I was like, praise God. Sounds good to me. (laughs) But no jokes. About six or eight months later, I saw Gertie. And she goes, boy, I can tell you've been digging. Oh, I, was like, I was like, praise God. You know? Amen. <laughs> so, yeah. the, and they were digging for water in Amen. that passage. Amen. They, they, they had no water. And they're like, dig these wells and the Lord will provide. Wow. And so they went to digging and the Lord flooded the place. And hey, Boom. when you dig, he will flood you. Amen. I promise you. That's awesome. <laughs> Amen. Well, uh, Pastor Mickey, if you don't mind, just real quickly, you know, some of our listeners may be familiar, others may not. Just give us a, a just a brief rundown about you, your ministry, and um, and then we're going to dive into this p- topic today. Amen. Well, Roma and I, my wife, we've been married for thirty something years. We're pastored for thirty something years. Um, uh, started River Life Ministries twenty seven years ago. Then we pastored a Baptist church seven years before that. And uh, also, we have two homes for women, the house that Mercy built. So, you know, we're just trying to do our part, reaching out, touching lives. And like what Paul was saying, man, there's some wells. If you read in the Bible, there's some wells that after Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they dug those wells, the enemy come and stopped them mm-hmm. back up. Yeah. I kind of feel today, you know, that's where we're at. We're going to have to redig some wells. Oh. Mm. We have to redig some wells that the enemy has tried to stop mm. up, and those wells are wells of not only of salvation but refreshing, healing, yes. help for people. Yeah. So praise God. Good to be here with you guys. Amen. Nice. So uh, again, you you referenced the house of house of mercy, um, and dig, let's dig, let's dig a little bit deeper in that. You know, um, what exactly is that ministry? You know, how long have you guys had that ministry? I know, but, you know, just for our listeners. Well, the House of Mercy is a restoration, transformation home for women uh, with addictive lifestyles, drugs, alcohol, so forth. Uh, We started 11 years ago. It actually started probably 13 years ago before that. Roma had the vision for it. And um, 
So it took a lot of planning, preparing to purchase the homes and what we would teach, who would be our teachers, and uh, just getting it started was a two-year process. Wow. But now since then, uh, 11 years of, uh, of girls that have come out of the program, so we've just got testimony after testimony wow. of God's grace, God's mercy, His goodness. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. We thank God for your faithfulness over yeah. the years, Pastor Mickey. Look forward to the great things that, that God has in store. As you said, you got two houses now. Yes. God is blessing y'all Amen. in just a phenomenal way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like a lot of people, they feel they feel led uh, of the Lord to, to do something, to step out of the boat. But sustainability faithfulness yeah. over the years you guys yeah. have been faithful and sustain and, and this ministry has been sustained and um, and I'm thankful that you guys um, are, are are serving the Lord in, te- in the Teleco Plains community because what an impact it's had not only in the lives of, of those girls but also it's just overflowed oh yes you know in not in yeah. your church but also in this community in the community yeah and um, away from here too I mean I, I work away from here a lot and like I'll be in Maryville or Cleveland, and you'll yeah. hear about it. You know, P, P, when the Lord's working, it 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 goes out. You know, people people know people hear. There've yeah, so. been a lot of lives touched, and that's something we never even imagined. I never personally imagined. I I just thought of the girls. I never thought of families, children, yeah. parents, grandparents. So when you touch one girl's life, you're touching numerous lives at the same time, and. Uh, um, just and now we're seeing a lot of our girls in ministry, involved in ministry, and they're in the workforce and they're being a productive part of society. Yeah, and that's what it's all about: getting them back to you know with a vision, a purpose in life. And so that's just part of what we do. And um, but we're excited. We're just we thank God He counted us faithful to be put us in that position, and um, thankful for all the partners, the people that's helped us. Without that, we could not. It could not be sustained. Mm-hmm. It's an enormous ministry. Uh, just the burden, the weight, uh, the manpower, then the financial part. But you know, we try to just trust God and believe God for the. Well, and you got people, uh, Pastor, that you guys, uh, y'all go around and y- you share about the ministry, and anybody who's serving the Lord claims to be a follower of Christ. When they hear about this ministry and the needs, yeah, it's just like the spirit bears witness and said, "You got to help." Exactly. And so, like, there's, yeah, there's a lot of people sowing yeah. into that ministry. Another great ministry, Isaiah one seventeen. Right. Right. You know, another great ministry that that people are sowing into. And then, you know, there are other similar houses around here. Yeah. Uh, Straightway Ministry right. for for men. Um, there's Miracle Lake for men. Um, True purpose. True purpose. Yeah. True purpose. Mm-hmm. True purpose is great. We've we've had those guys on here, and you know, celebrate recovery. There's enormous. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of ministries, but the the need is enormous too. Yeah. I mean, there's no family that's probably not been affected one way or the other with drug addiction, different mm-hmm. things. So, amen. You it's know, true. we we're not in competition with any of them. We pray for all of them. We try to support a lot of them ourselves personally. So, mm-hmm. praise God. Well, you know what's, but what's the the purpose of, of of all these ministries? Why is there such a huge need? It's because people are are they're trapped in sin. Right. People are just they're they're captive in it. Uh, I want to tell a real real quick story. Um, you guys um, may not know what this is like, but 
a good night's sleep. Paul, when you sleep at night, mm-hmm. I mean, are you do you have refreshing? Do you have do you have good sleep at night? Or? It's funny you said that. <laughs> Listen, man, the Lord has kept me up all week. Like one night, I woke up from two to four thirty, and all I could do was pray. Then, I, then night before last, I couldn't go to sleep till two thirty. <clears throat> last night, Pastor, I was thinking about you. And I got into Second uh, uh, Second Samuel twenty two about David talking about his deliverance, and son, I come unglued and I just couldn't sleep. <laughs> so, except for when the Lord is dealing with your heart. <laughs> yeah. uh, but would you say most times you you have a, a good night's sleep? Yeah, I mean, pretty everything, good. Yeah, everything's yeah. good in your world. Yeah. How about you, Pastor? Everything good in your yes when you sleep? Refreshing. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's the thing about me. There's times whenever I sleep that. Um, I, I haven't gone through a sleep study, but my wife, she, she's like, Roman, you stop breathing during the night. And, uh, I have like sleep paralysis. There'll be times like whenever I'm sleeping that I'll be awake, but I can't move. Really? And I mean, I, it's this phenomenon that's, that, that happens. And I think if I can just let my arm fall to, off the bed, or if I can just go, Corey, or just just okay. just something to get her attention to just kick me or move me, and I'll be trapped, and it seems like it lasts forever, and then something will happen, and I'll I'll get this big exhale, and I just I just think, oh my gosh, oh it feels so good to be awake, it just feels so good to be alert and aware, but it was almost like I was in a a, a prison for a while, I was I was trapped, I was paralyzed. For a time, that's a simple example of what I believe some people feel when they get trapped in sin. Right now, Mickey, I've never been addicted to stuff. I've never really. I got saved at, at six years old. I've been walking in freedom a, as a child. I mean, growing up through high school, like I never f- praise be unto God. Like I've never had that moment where I've had to just. Well, well where, where I've felt hopeless and helpless. Like I've I've walked in the light. I've walked in freedom. I've, I've uh, experienced the goodness of God. I mean, for 32 years I've well, been that's saved. That's awesome testimony. <laughs> you know, I've been, I've been saved in it. And um, I've never I've never wanted anything else. Right. I started started preaching at 16 and, and been faithful, been faithful. So how I relate to people, who have been trapped in addiction or trapped in sin, like in my, it's almost like there's a part of me that can't go there because right. I can't, exactly. I can't relate, yeah. but we see it that there's a need for people who are trapped in sin and they're crying out for help. Okay. And, and so today what we're going to be talking about is healing and freedom, Yeah, healing and freedom. And so like whenever I, whenever I come out of that, sleep paralysis and it's just like this i mean i'm i'm free I, I can exhale there's there's i don't feel like there's i'm not i'm no longer trapped right. anymore right that's similar to the transformation and the healing and deliverance that happens when when we receive christ right. when we finally uh allow the holy spirit to indwell us and break that yoke of bondage Boy, I tell you what, there's freedom in the Lord. All right. So, uh, um, yes. Paul, we're going to just real quickly, if you got something you want to say, then uh, we're going to let 
Pastor Mickey, share his heart. You, you were saying that. And I, I, I just remember seeing this back when we were younger. God is my co-pilot. And I saw one of those. I hadn't seen one in years. I saw one yesterday. And I'm thinking, dude, you need to change seats, bro, if he's a co-pilot, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to share this scripture before we get started and let, let Pastor go. Uh, this is in Psalms. It says, teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. For your name's sake, O Lord, preserve my life, and your righteousness bring my soul out of trouble. And that's what he does when he delivers us and gives us freedom in the spirit. And in your steadfast love, you will cut off my enemies, and you will destroy all the adversaries of my soul. Woo, that's talking about the devil. That's talking about the devil. He he will destroy the adversary of your soul Mm -hmm. because he's the one that's coming after your soul. Mm -hmm. And he's using all these (laughs) tangible things in this world to attack you. But it says here, I will destroy them for I am your servant. God's good. That's awesome, Paul. He's good. Amen. Praise God. Well, uh, pastor, what do you, what do you, what are you thinking over there? Cause I know that you've, you've seen firsthand the healing and the well, actually, yeah. the desperation, right? The right. brokenness. Well, I would just say that, that um, first of all, a lot of a lot of folks like, unlike you, maybe were not brought up with parents that you were probably going to church <clears throat> nine months before you were born. Oh yeah, I mean, and with your your mother, your father, and and. Um, we always tell, I, I share with the House of Mercy girls, even yesterday, we had a girl that we just got out of jail, and she shared how her father was in and out of prison her entire life. And she said even though he was good to her when he was around, that's really, you know, an absentee father. She didn't have nobody being an example and leading her the way. And, uh, and the Word of God says that, People are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Yeah. <clears throat> so, number one, I think people are are void of the knowledge of Christ, this relationship. And uh, and I share with the girls like this young girl yesterday. I said, "You're here at the House of Mercy by your own choice." But a lot of our girls had a whole lot of help getting here. They didn't have the right. Uh, home life, there wasn't someone there to guide and instruct them in the way of the Lord, and I think that's where a lot of people are. They get they get caught in the the, the traps, the bondage, and Satan appeals to them, mm-hmm. whether it's drugs or alcohol or you know just a, another kind of lifestyle that <clears throat> um, they start following that, and before you know it, they're in that sleep paralysis. They're they're trapped. They're in that prison that they cannot break out of, and. Uh, and it's going to take other people reaching out, other people. And that's why, to me, that's why the Lord, he, he, he gave the commission. He's not here, but he sent us. He sent the early church, and he said, I give you authority and power. You, you're going to go, and you're going to preach the gospel. I'm going to give you power over the enemy of their soul, the mm-hmm. devil, and you're going to break that authority. And um, I, I, I really believe with all my heart that, that even though we read it and we know the commission, but as far as walking in it, yeah. I got we got to know that mm-hmm. we as born-again believers have been authorized, we've been deputized by the Lord to go and to do His work. Amen. And, and, and not to back up, not to shrink from it. And whether that's, uh, <clears throat> whether that's deliverance, whether that's healing, 
I mean, uh, just to help people. We've been authorized and, and by God, I mean, anointed by God to go and to, to help bring deliverance to people. And um, the key, I believe, the, the key to seeing people walk in freedom, to walk in healing, is number one, each and every day, we have to have an ear to hear what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. And that's the key for to Jesus. He walked this earth, not just as the Son of God, but as the Son of Man, dependent on His Heavenly Father. And the Word of God says that <clears throat> He did nothing except He saw and heard His Father. So He was listening to the Lord. And as you and I listen to the Lord when we come into situations and circumstances with people, not every... Not everybody's the same. Not mm. every situation's the same. This is key. And yeah, and it's very vital that we don't try to make God as a cookie cutter and we just go through some ritualistic, uh, uh, formal uh, ministry without listening to the Holy Spirit. And, and I would like to just give an example of this. And, uh, First of all, we know that when Jesus Christ went to the cross, he went and paid the price for every man. Now, the Bible says in Peter, God's not willing that anyone, not one person, should perish. Right. Now, we know that's God's will, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. God says he's not willing that anyone should perish. But the sad part and the sad truth is, According to Jesus, the majority are going to perish. He said, because there's this broad and wide road that leads to destruction, and many are going therein, even though we know that's not God's will. Mm. That's not God's will. The same can be true with people that's uh, facing various uh, addictions uh, lifestyles. A lot of people say, well, I was born this way or I was made this way. And, and it's really not true because, because we got um, God, God has made each and every one of us to be made in his image and his likeness. Mm -hmm. But the enemy comes to do what? Steal, kill, destroy. destroy. And he wants to mar that image. But as born again believers, and commissioned by God, when we go out to minister to people, it's not to be in a condemning manner, but it is, it's, it's, we got to hear the voice of the Lord. And I just want to give you one good example on, on a, a, one of the greatest miracles that I had ever seen on, on healing. And this is for the physical body, but healing is much more than that. Healing, Jesus said, first thing he came to do was to heal the Broken yeah. hearted. hearted. The, the yeah. wayward soul. <laughs> the broken hearted. Yeah. So their healing is much more than just physical healing. Physical, spiritual, emotional. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. But years ago, there was an elderly lady whose son came to our church and her um, daughter-in-law, and they she and Larry and Missy Bivens, it was Larry's mother. Her name was Trula. She had had a massive stroke. I mean, massive stroke, totally paralyzed, and she could not move. And, and, and I've shared this many times at our church. 
And that morning, early in the morning, I'm going over there like seven in the morning to, and, and I'm really going not out of, not even out of love. I'm going out of pasture responsibility. I was tired myself, and <clears throat> I remember thinking, I sat at the red light at Wendy's on my way to Sweetwater Hospital, and I'm sitting at this red light in Madisonville. I said, Lord, what do I even pray for her? She's old. She's had this massive stroke. And to my surprise, I heard the Holy Spirit quote a scripture out of Isaiah 62, verse 10, to me that had nothing to do with healing that I thought. And it was a, a scripture where God said, go through the way, go through the gate, build a road, build a highway, and cast out the stones. Well, me as a pastor, I go over there to pray for this lady. I don't even take my Bible. Thank <laughs> God for the Gideons. I had to get a Gideon's Bible out of the desk drawer beside the, the hospital. Right. I go in there. The whole family's asleep, so it's not an atmosphere that's conducive for a miracle. Mm -hmm. And I had to wake them all up. <clears throat> that's uncomfortable, you know. But I go in there, and I said, Trula, I said, I don't know what this means. I do not know what this means. But I'm going to read you a verse that the Holy Spirit spoke to me coming over here. When I read that Bible verse about go through the gates, go through the gates and build a road and remove the stones, she started, a tear started coming down her eye. And I said, she says, I know what it means. And she had harbored some ill will, bitterness toward her own family, mm. her own children. There was, a, there was a hardness. There was a bitterness. And so I led her in a prayer of getting those stones out of the way, just like you'd build a highway out here. On the, I mean, ma'am, they go to build a highway. It's a big undertaking. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of stuff they have to build up, but a lot of areas they have to Tear down. take down. Yep. <laughs> and as I shared that with her, and I led her in that prayer of forgiveness. God is my witness. And we've saw, we've uh, experienced some great miracles. And everybody knows Christina Ash used to be Christina Hamer. That's probably the, the greatest miracle that I'd ever seen as far as the healing of the body, which three mm. neurologists said she would never be better. And we watched God do miracle in this girl's life. But Trula was probably one of the greatest miracles I've ever experienced instantly. Because when she prayed that prayer of forgiveness and just asked the Lord forgive her, we're required to forgive others. And as she voiced that, immediately the presence of God come into that room in a mighty way. And Missy and Larry, they were there to witness what I'm telling you. And as we, not a cookie cutter, because a cookie cutter would just go there and lay hands on them, Pray the prayer of faith. Yeah. But that's not what the Lord said that day. He knew there was a big blockage for him to work. Yeah. And sometimes in all of our lives, we may have to go back and have to repent over some things. We may have to go and get some things straightened out in the spirit or maybe with other people. I, I mean, I don't know, but this was one of those situations. God said, you obey me. And I did, and she responded. And as she released her family through a prayer, 
and from her heart, it was in, in no time at all that her hand started moving and it went up and she started praising the Lord. A few minutes later, her other hand, and she got, regained movement instantly mm. in her legs. And God is my witness. She was walking down the hall shouting and crying. And I'm talking about an wow. elderly lady that is a pastor. <laughs> the only reason I'd went over there that day was more out of duty right. than out of love. Yeah. And to my surprise, I heard the Holy Spirit. And if we could just listen to him each and every day, yes. each and every day as we go out to minister or for our own families, God's willing He's, he's not willing that anybody should perish. The, the problem's not on God's end. The, the, the problem is on our end. Can we hear the Lord? Are we knowledgeable? Because he said, my people are being destroyed mm. for lack of knowledge. That's right. And I, we got a great responsibility. You guys, especially, I'll say, all of our, I never, our church has never been the one, uh, with the, the, uh, Bible schools a lot, right. but a lot of times people do these Bible schools and they might take it for granted when you're picking up these little kids. Yeah, but we've had girls that come into the House of Mercy from Monroe County. They don't even know the story of David, Goliath. Yeah, that's true. The parting of the Red Sea. They do not even know the stories of of Christmas of the Virgin Birth. And I mean, that has been on several occasions, and that's a wake-up call. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Truth Revival is brought to you by Senior Lopez Mexican Grill, 105 Mecapike, Teleco Plains, Tennessee. Paul, why don't you tell our listeners what's happening at Senior Lopez? Hey, take the family down Monday night for trivia, 6.30 to 7.30. Tuesday is my favorite day. Tuesday is Teleco Spirit Tuesday, where 10% of all proceeds go to the town of Teleco Plains, Rome, which is a great idea, and I love that. Bingo, Thursday night at 6.30, and Saturday night is live music from 6.30 to 8.30, so take the family down, relax, have a great meal where the food is fresh and the family is welcome. Come home for dinner at Senor Lopez. And now, the continuation of Truth Revival. Back when I was in school, years and years ago, you would have our teachers that actually read you a chapter. If a kid's not getting it at home and the kid is not being taught at school, then I want to tell you, there's going to be a great lack of knowledge. And that's where we're at. And that's yeah. why we got to do as pastors, ministers, we got to reach out to people and share the knowledge, not only of, of just the salvation plan, but God wants you whole. He wants your family whole. Yes. And, and but in, in receiving that, he may have different ways. He sees what the blockages are. We don't. Let me share this, uh, Mickey. Um, oh, Brandon Land put a great quote on uh, Facebook this past week, and it said, every church wants a great pastor, 
until they find one that requires them to be great Christians. It's yep. awesome word. And what ends up happening, especially around here, I mean, Mickey, you've been in the game a long time. Yeah. You know how it goes. Like preachers, they just go in and out of churches. Mm-hmm. You know, like they don't they don't last very long. Nope. And people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Nope. Well, when 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 you got men of God that are preaching the word and the word it, the word of God confronts us. Right. And it pierces our heart, and we have to respond to it by either saying no or yes, Lord. Amen. Submission or obedience. Submission or obedience. Oh, oh submission, obedience, or disobedience. Yeah, that's you know, true. And, and but but uh, uh, let's see here. What is it that uh, Paul told Timothy that in the that in the last days people will uh, have teachers having itching ears? Right. Yeah, itching ears. You know, right. we're living in that day. Right. We're, we're living that day. And um, here's what I wanted to say. And this is, as you were talking, this is just what I kept thinking. I thought our churches are naive to what's happening out there. Right. We're in our protected circles, you know, our holy huddles. Very rarely do our churches venture out. Very rarely do we go. I mean, and you guys are out yeah. there on the battlefields at Poplar Bluff. We're a missionary Baptist church. There, we, we're out there. Right. We're, we're trying to go out and reach, but there's only so much that one or two churches can do. Imagine if the body of Christ were unified and collectively as a body of believers, if we came together, Amen. if we came together in Jesus' name, what an impact Amen. it could make in our area and other areas if God's people was able to just say, let's let's work together for the kingdom. Amen. You know, but... Uh, well, you know, Roman, when he gave the commission, it wasn't for pastors. That commission wasn't for pastors or evangelists. When Jesus said, go out and preach the gospel to every, every creature, he that believeth and baptized, he'll be saved. And then he said this, these signs are going to follow those that believe. That's for every believer to reach out to people. The people don't have to come to me or I don't have to go to them praying. Every believer has been authorized by Jesus Christ. to, And if, if we could hear the Lord... And I, I think that's the big key, the Holy Spirit. Just listen as he leads us. Then we can make a difference at the ball games, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the grocery stores. I mean, Jesus was in the marketplace. I saw a brother the other day. He said, Mickey, I see you at the Walmart all the time. And I said, if Jesus would be walking the earth today, that's probably one of the places he would be. <laughs> he would be where the people yes. are. Where people congregate. And, you know, and that's that's what our, our job is. And uh, and. And don't be afraid to speak the word, because that's only how faith comes. The Bible said faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And yep. as as we share um, different characteristics, truths of God, His nature, His uh, you know His abilities, then as we share that, then people become familiar with that. And as you become familiar with somebody, then you trust them. That that's faith. You begin. Hey, God loves me. I want to just share this with you, if I can. About four years ago, um, I experienced, I woke up in the middle of the night, and I experienced an unbelievable pain in the back of my neck. And um, and it was like something had a grip on me. And then then it went down my arm, and it, it was a total fire on my left arm. And it's like it paralyzed me. My left arm for 31 days. I went to see a neurologist. Oh, mercy. I went to see a neurologist, and um, he said, "Well, before we 
do a surgery. He said, I'm going to give you some things to do. And uh, um, uh, I went to a physical therapist. But uh, Roma, she never did tell me then, thank God, because if me and her had come in agreement, I would have freaked out. But my arm was totally just a fire, and I couldn't use it. I couldn't even put it on an armrest. I couldn't even pick up a bottle of water. And it began to shrivel up. It's amazing when you don't use a muscle 30, 31 days. And um, I'd always read about where Jesus pray all night. And I never had ever done that. I thought, Lord, I I won't pray all night one night, just all night. And the only way I could get comfort was to get on my knees and just lay over an ottoman and put my arms to the side. Mm. And one night I prayed all night long except I I, I dosed off for 45 minutes. That's the closest I'd ever came to praying all night, but I just kept speaking the word. But I was supposed to go back to a neurologist, and it was on the 31st day that I was supposed to come to see a neurologist, and we were going to discuss surgery. And I'll never forget it. I was out on the porch. It's raining at 4.30 in the morning, at 4.30 in the morning. And I'm crying. I'm, I'm literally weeping. The pain is so intense. And I heard the Holy Spirit, and he quoted this verse to me. He said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, if Mickey, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give good things to those that ask him? And when when I heard that and I heard the Holy Spirit speak that to me, there is not another verse in the Bible that God could have spoke and got my attention. I said, Lord, you know, I've done and have done and will do anything possible for my two girls, yeah. Brad and Morgan. I said, you know that. And I know the Lord knows that I knew that. And that's why he gave me that verse. He knows that I would do anything to rescue them, to pull them out of the pit. And that morning, instead of looking at, God, our Heavenly Father, our Creator, as this great, powerful healer, I really got a revelation of our Father, our God, as a Father of love. Abba, Father. Of how He loved me so much more than I loved my two girls. And if I would do anything, and that's what I, I just repeat it back to him. I said, Lord, if my girls were hurting like this, I would do anything to try to relieve them. And I'll never forget I mean, that just, that got inside of me. Mm. And, uh, and st- instead of focusing just on God as this all-powerful being, I started focusing on him as a, a father of absolute pure love for me. And I, as I began to thank him and praise him for my healing, on the 31st day, I was supposed to go back to a neurologist. And when I woke up, I told Rome, I said, it's, it's subsiding. Yeah. And um, that's been four years ago. And I did follow up with a neurologist, and he said, well, whatever you're doing, just keep doing. And, of course, I told him, you know, and I was doing some uh, uh, stretches. And to this day, four years later, I still do stretches and some exercises. But that day, God gave me one of the greatest lessons I needed a miracle. Mm. It didn't come from some great faith healer, some great evangelist. 
Nobody anointed me with oil. Nobody laid hands on me. Yeah. But my healing come as I got my heart and mind on a God that really loved me as much and more so than I love my own children. And when I talk about God as our healer, he's not a cookie cutter. I could have probably went and called every preacher friend I know to pray for me. Yeah. But I want to tell you, that morning at 4.30, I got a revelation of his love for me and that love. And to me, yeah. if we could just see that, if we could, that's part of our commission. If we could just relate to people, his love, not only his power, his love. He, he came for God so loved the world. Yeah. He wants to help us. He wants to help us in our addiction. He wants to help us. And guys, when I say healing, it is physical healing, but it's spiritual, it's soulish. Yeah. And if you and I, as the body of Christ, don't go out. Roman and I met with a girl two nights ago in Cleveland, a girl, 21-year-old, out of foster care. Her life is just, you would just think she, she, her life has just been one of just chaos. And as I sat there and looked at this girl steeped in drugs, if there was a piercing on her face where she didn't have one, I, I wouldn't know. There's probably 15 piercings on her face. She barely could talk. She was so out of it. Mm. And I told Roma on the way home, I said, Roma, we as the church, we. I said, we're like people out in a boat fishing without a rod, and we're just hoping those fish are going to jump in. I said, Roma, there's not a chance. There's not a chance for this somebody like this girl that all of a sudden she's just going to jump in the boat. I said, if we don't go out and try to do everything within our power to bring healing, mm. you can imagine a foster care. She's no telling what she's been through in her I've life. Seen, yeah. And that's what we, that's to me, the revelation of his love, a knowledge of his will. God's willing to help us. Something else, Mickey, I mean, you, you brought this out. You know, it's, it shocks me how many kids have been abused by family members, loved ones. I mean, like I said, I'm, we're just naive to that. Right. We, because it's not happened in my world. No. So I think I think everybody else is good, right? We're living in the Bible. Ve- the we're living in the Bible. Ve- the Bible we're living belt. In the Bible belt. Yeah. Um, and we're and we're naive to these to the wickedness that's yeah. in this world. But listen, Satan's like a roaring lion. Seeking whom he may devour. Exactly. And we're supposed to go go out. Right. And so so yeah, I'm with you. We can't just open the doors of the church and wait for him to come in. Yeah. We're gonna have to go out. And and here's the thing. If it ain't working on this side of the boat, what did Jesus say? Cast your nets on the other side of the boat. Amen. Our churches are gonna have to start being obedient in faith. Trying to just reach out and help. Reaching out to people. Paul, you've been quiet for a while. Well, I've just been uh, you know, uh the Lord I've been, I don't know, man. Lord's really been dealing with me for about a month. And, and yesterday I was praying, and, and I really felt like he said, can a man organize my spirit? Can a man organize my spirit? No. The, no. the answer is no. We cannot organize his spirit. And, and we talk about we're naive or, or we're this and we're that. And, and you've talked about it. You know, uh, it's not cookie cutter. 
we have to work our salvation out with fear and trembling. And each man's story, each man's life, each man's situation, the Spirit of God deals with that in its own facet, in its own way. And, and, and here's the thing. We don't understand the ramification of what the Spirit does for us and how he will lead and guide us into all truth. This Paul says in Corinthians that he says, but he who is joined to the Lord becomes one, one spirit. spirit with him. Right. One spirit with him. And and you want to know why we're jacked up in a mess? We're not in one spirit with the Lord. Listen to this. Listen to what Jesus says. I love just going to the Word. Uh, this is so good. It's so good. Listen to what Jesus says. This changes everything. And people don't understand it. They're naive to what he really wants to do for them. It says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. You quoted this earlier, Pastor. Whatever he hears, he will speak and will declare to you the things that are to come. Listen how personal this gets. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and disclose it to you. Woo. Disclose. He will tell you what to do. He will tell you how to do it. He will tell you how to make it happen. He'll tell you how to maneuver. He will disclose how to win the battle to you. Like my son right now is 20 years old and he's in college and, and, and we're trying to get him involved with the business a little bit. Even sometimes he wants to, sometimes he don't. But this whole summer, I've been disclosing to him how to do this, how to, how to quote jobs, how to handle the, the money, how to handle... Uh, the paperwork, and I'm disclosing these things that only I know because I know how to do it. And the Bible here says that Jesus will disclose to us what he knows, the things that we don't know, so we will know how to do it. Amen. Amen. You know, Paul, and Mickey, you even said this too. Um, you were talking about a blockage earlier. And so often as a Christian, you know, people are looking for um, a new book or they're looking for, uh, you know, a guide on how to, you know, for, for healing, for deliverance. They're, they're looking for, for this, they're looking for that. I think we can probably bullet it down very simply, okay? And it, we can probably bullet it down like this. The disciples went to heal a young man that was possessed. Wasn't successful. Nope. Jesus come in, <laughs> healed and delivered. And they said, why couldn't we do that? Exactly. What was the, what was the hindrance? What was the problem? He said, "He said this this cometh this power cometh not but through prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. Now, what is prayer and fasting an indicator of? A relationship, communion, yeah. communion. Yeah. You're, you're spending time with with the Father. Yeah, actually, Jesus had told him. He said, because of your unbelief, yeah, and and faith only comes as we become familiar with God. Yeah, that fellowship." Fellowship. As you walk with him, then you become familiar. You be, you know, you become acquainted with his ways, his will. Yeah, you know. And that was the scripture when I told you the Holy Spirit gave me a word coming down here. The biggest blockage there is to people receiving anything from God, anything, is really that unbelief. And because we're mm. not totally convinced we could be not totally convinced that God loves us, yeah. that God that <laughs> sees us as worthy of a healing or deliverance or or uh, some big blessing. And on my way down here, Roman, I I had to pull over at Shorty Smart. I thought, wow, um, 
the Holy Spirit just spoke to me, Mark 6, where Jesus come into his own hometown. And the Bible says there he could do no mighty miracles among his yeah. own people. Yeah. The Bible says he, 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 he didn't just choose not to. The Bible says Jesus, God manifest in the flesh, could not do many mighty miracles, any notable miracles, but he healed a few sick folk mm. because of their unbelief. And, and, the, and the deal was Jesus wow. says a prophet is not without honor mm. except in his own hometown. It's true. Among his kin, his family, mm. and this is what they said: Was this not Mary's son? Is his brothers and sisters? We mm. know him in the flesh, but if we could start really regarding each other in the spirit, that this is a child of God, that that's a son of God, that's a daughter of God, and and not look at each other just in the eyes of the flesh, but to really believe God's put His hand on that boy. God's put his hand on that girl. God used them. And I remember Roma, before we started the House of Mercy, we were kind of casting the vision, and mm-hmm. she was going to some different churches and uh, and just telling about our plan and what we was going to do. And, and there was this one lady in a church that stood up in a kind of an arrogant manner and said, well, what really qualifies you to do something like this? Now, I wasn't there, and, uh, and Roma said immediately some elders at that church intervened and took that the, right, the way it should go, but I told Roma, I said, man, I wished I'd have been there. What qualifies you? Because, see, Roma, before we started that, she was – she was uh, secretary to high school, but she was going to go back in to uh, go to school and just get counselor, uh, you know, degree and stuff. And, and, but, and when she was thinking about that one night, she had a dream that she was taking all of these degrees off the wall and boxing them up mm. and boxing them up. And, uh, and what qualifies us, just like David, when he went out to fight the giant and, and, the world mentality wanted to put their armor. This <laughs> yeah. is what's going to help you get to people free. D- David said, I've not proved these. Yeah. I've not proved these, but there's something I have proved, and that is God, my covenant with God. And Amen. Listen, now on two different occasions, Rome has been in meetings just in the last week, one of them. One of the, the leaders in the the court system, told Roma, said, Roma, the house of mercy is the model. Because they're dealing through rock stock. It's, in a, they, they, it's, a, it's a program that involves several different people in the court systems plus ministries. <laughs> and they told Roma, they said, Roma, the house of mercy, that's the model. Another time, another time, Roma was at this meeting with judges police officers from various counties, and a lot of ministries represented. One of the judges, and I believe it might have been Judge Freiberg, spoke and says, I don't know what any of you all do. I don't know what you all do in your programs. But if I was you, I would go down to the House of Mercy and try to model whatever they're doing. And um, what we're doing is not no 
deep secret. Right. We just we just we depend on the word of God and the Holy Spirit. And that's it. And God uses a lot of different people coming in our teach, preach. We have other churches involved. I mean, you're all you've all been financial supporters for years, but I mean, there's women at your church come down there and thankfully <clears throat> some called us the other day and they're gonna come back and it's no deep secret. We got we're prepared. Yeah. We got the word. We got the Holy Spirit. We just got to follow directions Amen. and we'll rescue people. We'll and, help people. And, and and it I don't want to say that it is that simple Mickey, but you just got to have enough faith to walk in it. Just You got to have enough faith. faith to trust in God's word. Faith. You know, and live a life that's consecrated unto him. You see, that's the thing. You, and you was talking earlier, you know, about about people that you know we need we need to see people as, as being men, men and women of God. Well, we we've been set aside. He said, "Come out from among the world, wow. touch not the unclean thing, cast not your pearls before the swine." Mm. When God's people are constantly so full of the world that we're we're no uh, no heavenly good, right. because we're just so full of ungodliness. Yeah. No wonder. People are overtaken and, you know, in in uh, they're trapped because there's there's nobody out there to help be the the rescuers. There's nobody out there to be the ambassadors of Christ. We've and and, and what you said earlier, there's only going to be a few. There's well, a there's a few of us. Well, that's why that's us. That's our job. And uh, just um, as you share with people about the love of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God, the power of God. And that's just something I've never shrink back from. I mean, when I was uh, 1983, I gave my life to the Lord. But in the spring of 84, I was in a meeting, and I I played football. And I graduated in 1979, but I got hurt in the third third game of the year. I hurt my back. And um, I played that whole year hurt. And for five, six years, I had lower back injury, and I was in a meeting Rome and I, we we were just I think we just started dating, and we we went to this this uh, uh, preacher, and the preacher was praying for people, and I personally I thought, well, I don't believe in all that. I didn't, you know, <laughs> but the preacher no sooner I had that thought turned around and asked if they pray for me, and then it's just like the Holy Spirit let them see my life, and they read me like a book, and and when when, when they put their hand on me and just prayed for me, I immediately I was instantly healed. I got saved in November of 83, but in the spring of 84, that right there, what I knew of something that I was healed of for five or six years, of serious injury in my back, it, it, it lit a fire in me to pursue God on a level that really is not normal for folks. I mean, yeah. I thought, I got to find about, out about this God mm-hmm. that I was instantly healed. At that moment, I didn't even believe it. And what happened, that was just through one of the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of healing. And that, and, and thank God, God can override our unbelief sometimes, yeah. our own faith. But that was through God's manifestation of the gifts of healing of the Holy Spirit that I was instantly. And that just stirred my heart. And I began to read this Bible, just dig, dig into it like that woman told you. Yeah. Dig. You start digging. I started digging. And now here we are. 30-something 30, 30 years later. Yeah. Oh, 39 years later. Yeah. Yeah. 39 years later. I didn't know if I'd make it 39 days. 
Well, that's know, the truth. I know what you I mean. I didn't know if I'd make it 39 days. <laughs> so, guys, <clears throat> just digging this word. Yeah. And God's willing. <laughs> God's willing. He loves us. He's willing. We gotta. We just got to do our best to get the blockages out of the way for people to receive and even in our churches be open to, to the Holy Spirit. I had the thought coming down here before I even got here as early this morning. I thought our world is open to any spirit besides the Holy Spirit. That's true. I mean, I'm I'm yeah. thinking, my gracious. I mean, I've never heard that from nobody. I yeah. just I said, and not only are we open to it, <clears throat> we'll accommodate any spirit. Yeah. Welcome it. Unclean spirits, <laughs> spirits of perversion, lying spirits, deceiving spirits, yeah. unclean. I mean, we are open. God, I just say. I want to be open to the Holy Spirit, and I sure want to accommodate you, whatever you want yes. yeah. in my life. So, but anyway. Mm. That's good. I've actually got a couple other things that I'd like to say. I don't know if I can get them out or not. Um, but, you know, Pastor, you was talking about, and, and that was so profound when you said, you know, people uh, talking about Roma and, and how is she qualified to do whatever, what qualifies her to open this home? What qualifies her for this sort of thing? And I love how you brought that in about uh, Saul's armor and David. He goes, I haven't tested these. Well, there may be somebody out there as, as a Christian, you know, who thinks what qualifies me to go out and and share the love of Christ, to be the agent that delivers the word of Christ and healing and deliverance into people, those words of life. And, uh, and, and, you know, Mickey, I've grown up in a, in a Baptist church. It's not, I mean, like it's not common or maybe just, maybe just the way that I was raised. If you know, just around here, like for us to really sincerely pray for one another. Like when, when people pray, like we may pray at the altar together or something, but you know, just being obedient enough to say, you know, I want to pray for you. And I want to pray, you know, a move of God's spirit and freedom and deliverance and healing. You know, maybe that's just something that I've missed over the years, but, you know, we can see the evidence of it. You know, I just think so many times we just kind of, it's just vanilla, right. you know, and, and I'm right. praying for a, a stirring of God's spirit that people it's will. Genuine. Genuine, yeah. And it comes through through love and time and devotion yeah. and prayer and fasting and communion with the spirit, you know, and then. People are like, well, what what qualifies me to go and, mm-hmm. and pray for somebody? What qualifies me to, if somebody's in need, what qualifies me to go and, and share the gospel with them? Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, you see your calling, brethren, not many wise after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Mm-hmm. Right? right? It's not that it's not that you have to have doctor beside your name or you, exactly. you have to have a degree beside your name. <laughs> God's chosen the foolish things of this world to confound mm-hmm. the wise. Yeah. He, ch- he turned the world upside down with a couple of uneducated men. Right. And, and here's something else that's, that's, that's quite profound. People think that Jesus was a mature adult in his 40s and 50s. He was a 30-year-old 30, man. 30-year-old. And <clears throat> let me ask you something. Who do you think his followers were? Do you think his followers were in their 40s and 50s? Young men. They were young, young. men. Mm-hmm. They were young men. I had a guy share that last week at our church with all our young people. Yeah, yeah. and... The base things of the world, which are despised, right. God's chosen that. You see, and here's and this is something else I wanted to say. You know, Mickey, uh, 
John 6, 44, Jesus said, no man comes unto the Father unless, unless the Spirit draws him, unless the Father draws him. A person won't know that they need forgiveness until they're trapped. Right. Right? Like, yeah. I go back to that sleep paralysis. Some, there's times I sleep good. Oh, man, I sleep good sometimes. I had a great night sleep last night. But there's sometimes I get trapped, shortness of breath. I, I mean, I, and I need help. Well, thank God I end up getting out of it. But there's some people who are they're trapped physically, spiritually, emotionally, and they need help. They need deliverance. Well, who's the one that's going to deliver them? Obviously, God and the Holy Spirit. But, Mickey, there's some people that don't know. Exactly. And here we, here we, we are. Are we covering that light? Are we are we hiding the light of Christ? You know, we're like a city set on a hill, and yet we're concealing it. We're ashamed of it. God help us. Right. We've we've got to go out to Him, but but then they're crying out for help. They're asking for help. They're asking for deliverance. That, but here's the thing: you can't set somebody free. The Holy Spirit can't set somebody free unless they know they're trapped. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. And and so they get to that place of brokenness, that place of desperation. And that's where the Holy Spirit has called us. God's led us. And so we get to that point and we share the gospel with, with people. And hopefully they're willing to receive it. Amen. They're willing to, to, to turn into the Lord and then begin seeking the Father. Um, I kind of lost what I was saying. I feel like I'm rambling. Well, now. When, you, when you get to that point, that's when, you, when like Jesus asked Peter, who do you say that I am? Yeah. The Spirit will reveal himself <laughs> to them. And then they can answer that question. Yeah. I was just thinking when you, you know, a lot of times people, till they see they're trapped in sin. I had a, when I was pastor at Bible Baptist uh, years and years ago, I had a family come into our church, uh, a husband, wife, two, two daughters. But one night I had a dream or vision, whatever people want to call it, that I saw this, this guy trapped in a homosexual relationship. And, um, I mean, I saw it play out where I'm going visiting, but God gave me the exact words to say to him, you can be free from this spirit of homosexuality if you want to be in Jesus' name. And yeah. that was as clear as the day, the way the Lord gave it to me. You, Well, my first thought was I've, ate too much pizza or something because <laughs> this is a man married, two children coming to our church. And so, but the Lord just kept, I, I mean, I couldn't get loose from this, so I muster up the courage to go to go to his house. And, and when I did, when I pulled up in the yard, they must have heard me pulled up, but he walked out. And, but in my dream... I saw this thing play out. Not only did he walk out, but another guy walked out with him. And in the dream, the other guy was being combative with me. So when I go, actually go to this person's house, I, I, I tell him, his, you know, I mention his name and I tell him, I said, listen, I'm here. And I believe that God gave me a word and to tell you that you can be free from this spirit, this spirit of homosexuality if you want to be free in Jesus' name. Mm. And I believe that just represents in the authority of God, the yeah. name of Jesus, you could be free. And uh, this guy, just like in the dream, he come out of the house. 
And because I didn't even know if I was right, right. number one, because I'm thinking, God, if we miss this one, it's going to cause a mess. <laughs> but um, sure enough, I mean, I was devastated. I mean, he he didn't want to be free. And he was in this deception secretly. But God, God exposed it not to destroy, condemn, to beat him up. God exposed it that he could finally see I'm in a trap because mm. people can't get free if they, but being in, even in a trap, he didn't want to be free from it. And eventually he left his family for this guy. And, but that, that doesn't take away the job that we have. Mm-hmm. Now I would have never believed that, but the Holy spirit just unveiled it. And the purpose is, is to, Deliver people, mm. to heal people, sometimes a whole family. But people do have a choice in it, and he chose. I don't want that. And um, and sadly, I've seen that a lot of times. People don't want to be free. That's true. I mean, yeah. and that they will die with their addiction. They will die with their sin. But nevertheless, we do our part to present the gospel in love and truth to them. Yeah. And um, just when we got involved in prison ministry work 20-something years ago, I'll never forget that we had an elderly man come to our church. He looked like he walked around a bar room, and I'd never seen him before. And church was about to get started, and I come out of my office, and I hurriedly just shake his hand and go sit down. But then that night, I had a dream. He's broke down on the side of the road, and I drive on by. And, well, that, that tore me up because I thought, God, you showed me I'm supposed to help him. And I didn't even know how to ever even get in touch with this guy. But about three or four months later, he come and visited again. He was from Alabama, and he was involved in prison ministry. So I knew immediately, and we got involved in helping him. But through the prison ministry, one thing that I found out in the Alabama State Penitentiary, it was an unbelievable percentage of people that got free that come back into the prison system. And I thought, boy, isn't that a picture of the church. Mm, yeah. <laughs> How often do we see people get free just to kind of gravitate back into the same sin? And and that's where that's where all of us, just like in Matthew chapter twelve, it says when that unclean spirit leaves the man, he walks through dry places seeking rest and he finds none. He says, Well, I'm gonna go back to the house yeah. from whence I come out of and he finds it swept, garnished, clean and empty. Yep. Mm. And I think that's where we're at. Once we come to Jesus Christ, then we got to start digging in his word. we got to start fellowshipping with him, fellowshipping with others and church. You've got to be, I believe, you know, a lot of people want to knock that over the head, but Jesus, it, the church is his ideal. It's yeah. not mine. It's not yours. 116 times the Bible talks about church. Out of 116 times, 92 refers the gathering together of the local assembly. Yeah. The other 20-something times speaks of the church as the body believers down through the ages. So that church just simply means to called out, summoned together. Mm. And 
man, we need to, we need, once we come to Christ, we need to come apart. And then we need to allow that word to fill us, the Holy Spirit, communion with him, continuous fellowship with the Lord. And I guarantee you, we won't leave room for the devil to come back in. That's true. And that's what we need is, and, and just to help people. But yeah. guys, there's some good stuff in this book if we'll get, get <laughs> that's in it. it. Boy. I know. I don't think we can cover it all just in one episode. Uh-huh. We're going to have to have old Pastor Mickey back uh-huh. on St. Yeah. Paul. I'll I'll so. yep. He does all right. Yep. He's pretty good. Uh, now, Mickey, as you were saying that, and this is the one I'm going to say in closing. And then we'll let you have just a, if you have anything else you want to share. And then uh, Paul usually helps us land the plane here. So as you were saying that, I was thinking about uh, pastor scripture said, um, them that are whole need not a physician. And Jesus said, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners unto repentance. Yeah. The church, Christ has called us to share the gospel, not just collectively among ourselves. I mean, it's wonderful to have have worship and to congregate with the body of Christ, but there's something to be said about sharing the gospel with the lost. Yes. About taking the light out in the darkness, being the salt of the earth. There's people that are hurting. There's people that need deliverance. There's people that need to hear about the gospel and the hope of Jesus Christ, that they can be renewed that they can be restored, that they can be forgiven in Jesus' name. And the church has been called to do that. And I want to be obedient unto that Amen. call. Amen. Now, I can't do it of my own power. I can't do it of myself. And, Mickey, that's just something that I am praying about for an indwelling of God's Spirit, for an outpouring of God's Spirit, for God to stir the church. You know, we could schedule revival, Yeah. you know, but just to have an outpouring of God's spirit so that it's just undeniable. Amen. Like the Amen. Holy Spirit's moving here. Amen. God is doing something in this place, you know, and, and just allow the Holy Spirit to just move and minister. Amen. And just let, and I want to be a part of that. Amen. You know? Amen, Roman. And, um, and of course, you know, we think, well, what do we have to do in order, in order to get that? I'll tell you what, pray, start fasting, spend time with the Lord. Amen. And I guarantee you, you start doing stuff, that stuff, God will begin to move. Amen. Okay, those, Amen. those strongholds will begin to be tore down. Amen. God will begin to stir. And so, so for, if you're out there, it's not complicated. You start praying. You start fasting. You, you start denying yourself the, the things of this world. Start reading your start reading that word. Amen. And, and and then the Holy Spirit will start communion and fellowshipping with you and start leading you into all truth. So uh Pastor, you got any closing thoughts? <clears throat> well, I would just say that God's not willing that any should perish. He's he cares about you as an individual, your family. He's not afar off that we can't touch him. We could touch him through faith. And um, that's the avenue, that's the channel that God not only um, made that we could receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, it's the, the avenue and the channel of faith. Well, every other blessing comes the same way, and it's through faith. Yeah. Believe in Him, and, um, but you can't believe what you don't know. True. You've got to become familiar. You've got to become acquainted 
with him, and we do that through his word. So I would, I would just beg of anybody to get in his word, and um, that'll shut off the lies of the enemy that God doesn't love you, God's not for you, this is what you're just destined to be, a failure in life. That's not what the word says. Yeah. So he'll tire down every lie and replace it with truth, and then you could start believing for yourself and your family. And just um, as you as you start believing that, confessing that, walking that, then you'll see God. He'll 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 take a mess and make it a message. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so, Paul. Oh, but good good being with you guys hey, today. Thanks thanks for coming on I've board. Amen. I, I just keep thinking about the centurion. I think so, soldier guy. <clears throat> he said, "Hey, my son's sick, man." You don't got to come. If you'll just say the word. Yep. If you'll just say the word. He believed. He knew the power that was in that word. I want to finish up with this. Going back to John 16. He says, he will glorify me for he will take what is mine and disclose it to you. Verse 15 says this. All that the father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and disclose it to you. Amen. He will disclose it to you. Listen to this. Isaiah 61. All that he has, he discloses to you and to you and to me and to any other believer. He tells you what he wants you to do. Listen to what he says in Isaiah 61. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. He was anointed for that. And what is the father's are his. And he will disclose that which is his to you for you to be anointed, to bring the good news, to bind up the captives, to bring liberty to the broken. That's what he wants. Amen. He wants you to be open to him, proclaim who he is, and stop trying so hard to sit at tables that Jesus would turn over. <laughs> and just love one another and let the spirit break the yoke. Amen. 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 You know, Paul, as you were saying that, Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. Amen. That was his mission. Amen. That needs to be our mission. Amen. If you've enjoyed Truth Revival, be sure to check us out on Facebook. We're at Truth Revival 37385. Pastor Mickey, River of Life, we love you guys. Thank you for uh, coming on board. Amen. A lot of wisdom here here today. A lot of wisdom. A lot of wisdom. We're just scratching the surface. So um, thanks again for Paul Chapman, Mickey Payne. I'm Roman Hamilton. We're out of here.